All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to this Monday morning's Our Daily Bread with Reverend Sybil Kears. I am here with you this morning and I trust and believe that God is definitely in the place. He definitely has something he wants to us to hear and he wants me to say. I am so grateful for these opportunities to be able to come and share a word with you, some prayer with you. Uh, one thing we cannot deny, these are definitely praying times. If you live in the same era that I live in and you have looked around and looked on your news and looked everywhere, every time you turn around, there is something going on. And I promise you, the minute you open your eyes, you can find something that you need to pray about. Whether it's to thank God, whether it's to praise God, whether it's to ask for direction, his wisdom, his guidance, whether it is just to express yourself because life uh, can cause us to be so frustrated and all of the pent up things that people deal with, silently suffering, my God, it's no wonder we have not lost our mind. Oh, but we serve a God who keeps us in our right mind, hallelujah, is that anybody's praise, that you know that God kept you in your right mind, even though he gave us activity of our limbs and articulation of our speech, my God, he has kept us in our right mind. If that alone ain't a reason to praise God, well, if it ain't for you, it is for me, amen? Yes, I am so grateful. And I just want to say, I am not a morning type of person. If anyone who knows me knows, I am not a morning person. But praise be to God for waking me up. And I said, God, if you ever wake me up, I will never complain. If you wake me up one in the morning or 12 in the afternoon, if you wake me up, I will get up and just say thank you. I will acknowledge you the minute I open my eyes because you didn't have to wake me up, but you did. Nonetheless, uh, with respect for our time, I want to take an opportunity and just have us go to Matthew. Let us go to Matthew, the 12th chapter. And we will start at verse 22. Verse 22, all right? I'm just going to lift up two verses. Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. And I am going to read from the uh, New Revised Standard Version. Amen. And it reads, Then they brought to him a demoniac who was blind and mute. And he cured him so that the one who had been mute could speak and see. All the crowds were amazed and said, can this be the son of David? That is all. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And... The thought I would like to leave with you before we go into prayer 
is, he changed me. He changed me. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for this beautiful day. It's a day we have never seen before. So many possibilities have, have the ability to unfold. Oh God, I pray that we woke up with an expectation of the unexpected because we serve an unlimited type of God. We, we don't serve a God who will allow the mundane things to overpower us. Oh God, I pray that we, your people, would just look for new ways to experience you through the good, the bad, uh, the pretty, the ugly. Oh God, that we will continue to seek you in all things, oh hallelujah, because everything that happens only happens with your permission. So God, if we are suffering uh, through some trials and tribulations on this morning, if we woke up with yesterday's problems on our forefront of the minds, oh God, if we woke up with uh, things in our hearts, oh God, that is weighing heavy, oh God, if we just woke up confused about some things, Lord, I I pray that after we hear a word from you, that there will be some clarification, oh God, some direction, oh God, some affection, oh God, all the things that we need to just get through this day, uh, one more day in this journey you've given us called life, hallelujah. Lord, speak to me, speak through me, oh God, prepare our ears and our hearts to hear from you. Lord, we love you on today, oh God, you are our rock and our redeemer oh god and we bless your holy name on today we give you every praise every bit of our glory oh god and you deserve it all this is my prayer in jesus name amen today i want to speak for a moment about he changed me you see uh everybody who may have experienced Jesus. Those who were able to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Those who had a, 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 a calling to salvation. Those who've tried everything else and found themselves still unable to live the life they somehow knew they deserved to live. And so they tried this opportunity to meet a man who they may have heard of, may have even knew of, but didn't know for themselves until they made the decision. They make him relate to what I'm about to say. But if you somehow are found in the presence of, of being under my voice, whatever the day or time that you receive this message, maybe you have not met Jesus. Maybe you have heard of him or know of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, because sometimes you can attest, there's some people that know you know you. And then there's those that know of you. And then there's those that heard of you, but don't know you like that, right? If you know of Jesus, if you heard of Jesus, but you don't quite know him for yourself, I want you to pay close attention. If you're able to take notes, you might want to do that too. 
You see, when I read this text, as I was trying to figure out what God would have me to say today, I've read this scripture before. I've, I've focused on many other things in this text. I've looked at things about this text, even further down the, the audacity of, of the Pharisees to call my savior a demon, to call my savior the prince of demons, the audacity of them to put their mouth on my savior uh, made me upset. But uh, nonetheless, it also reminded me and continues to remind me that if people, even in those in high places, come on somebody, that if people would dare to mislabel the one who was sent to bless them, to be sure those people who mislabeled me and you, though God sent us to be a blessing to them, ah, Jesus was able to endure it. Certainly I can too. I'm not above anything that my savior endured. Because everything that Jesus endured was because of the love he had for you and for me. Uh-huh. So I focused on many things in this text. But the reason why today I draw our focus to verse 22 and 23 is because I want to talk to those people who have not yet encountered who have not made the decision to get to know Jesus for themselves. We live in a society that so many people have different um, opinions. They have uh, different worldviews. They have different ideas about what's supposed to be right and what's supposed to be wrong. We live in a society where people are now not uh, giving people any space to just be who God created them to be because they want to feel uh, so uh, in control that they can decide who or what they are for themselves. Uh huh. They want to challenge the very creation of God, that they want to say that God made a mistake in who he created when he created them. Mm -hmm. they, they, they want to say that their children who have not dealt with anything that life has yet to uh, teach them through experiences can decide on their own gender. Mm -hmm. we, we, we live in a society that we are constantly bringing up the ideology that we are equipped to challenge God. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we challenge our parents uh, uh-huh. We challenge our, our leaders. Uh, we challenge those who have authority over us. And we live in a society that now that mentality is being nurtured. Because if you dare to want to just conform to the things of God, if you dare just want to believe that God did not make the mistake, that maybe we are in the wrong, if you dare entertain any of those notions, you are looked at as breaking the law. My God, don't you know? <laughs> my God, my God, thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, don't take me too far away from the text. I got to speak what it is you gave me, but let me just put a, a pen in it right here. We live in a day and an age where the government 
and the laws of the land seem to supersede the love of God. And those are the things that happened back then. Where the Pharisees and the Sadducees wanted to challenge Jesus's way of being our savior. Because of the Mosaic law that they thought they were more inclined to uphold. Uh-huh. And that that's a that's a topic for another day. But we live in a society where now parents are learning their children that it's okay to decide what you want to be when it comes to a gender or whatever else. And that is not something I believe God is pleased about. Yes, he gave us free will. Yes, he wants us to choose him instead of forcing us to love him. Yes, he gave us minds and imagination. But one thing he also gave us is the word. After the world and all the things in it pass away, the word of God will remain. And it is imperative that we teach our children, that we teach our loved ones, that we even remind and teach ourselves to seek the truth of God. Not the truth of what we think or what we feel. Uh, we know the enemy has his tactics. Some are blatant, some are subtle. And just because you feel something doesn't always mean it's the real thing. You get it. You don't feel the Holy Spirit. You experience. You don't feel salvation. You experience it. You don't feel things in his spirit. That's why when this body that we are encased in turns back into dust, it no longer feels. Oh, but the spirit that shall live on will continue to experience the things of God. So we must be careful to not trust our feelings. We may feel that we desire the same sex. We may feel that we desire some things that we are addicted to. We may feel that we desire or hate or are unhappy. We may feel those things, but we must go to the word of truth uh, to compare those things uh, and understand that it's the enemy who controls what we feel, but it is God who controls what we experience. Oh my God, Jesus, Lord, I thank you, Father God. So let me take a moment to get back to the text. Because whoever needed to hear that, you heard it. And God will cause the increase. The text tells us about a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute. And they, he was brought to Jesus, okay? Now, I want to just peel this onion back for a minute. First of all, we have a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute. People who are not or have not received the Holy Spirit 
by accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior are somewhat blind. They're blinded to the truth because that's what the enemy does and he does it well. He will never be your friend. He will never love you enough to want the best for you. He loves and lusts to have you only because of his fueled hatred for God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You are a pawn in his, we are a pawn in his game. He is the opposing side, seeking to score points, winning more souls against heaven. And so he will cause people to be oppressed, suppressed, depressed, just pressed, and then blinded by those things that you are consumed with. Anyone addicted to own drugs, alcoholism. We look at what they do and we get angry sometimes, especially if it's a loved one. If they're doing things that the, 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 the addiction is causing them to do, we get angry at them. But I challenge you not to be angry at them. Be angry at the addiction because that's what the enemy gave them so they can do the things blindly. Now, I'm not saying that people who may be uh, on drugs or, or uh, under the influence of substances or alcohol aren't aware of what they do when they are acting out of character. However, they don't have much control over what goes on because of how they're blinded to what's going on in them and around them. When you walk and you are oblivious to what's going on around you or how you are impacting those around you, how your actions are affecting those and the things around you, you are not always cognizant of what comes out of your mouth how it comes out of your mouth, how your actions, how you appear. There's, there's something about a person who is out of control and they're the only one who can't see it. You can't get mad at that person. Well, I take that back. You can if you want to. But when someone is demon oppressed, depressed, suppressed, stressed, whatever, they're blinded to their true self. They're blinded to being who God created them to be. They're blinded intentionally by the enemy so that he can keep them where they are. Being a puppet on his strength. Unable to speak truth, they speak damnation. They're speaking curses. They're speaking all these things they're not even aware of. So even though the text says the man was blind and mute, the mute of some people is not the mute that they can't speak, but they're not speaking life. Speaking life is muted because they're speaking death loud and clear. 
The Bible tells us that the power of life and death lies in the lie, lies in our tongue. And if the enemy is going to quench our ability to speak life because he wants us to speak death, ah, his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what the thief comes to do. Of course, he would not want us to speak life into any situation. He wants us to be desolate. He wants us to think it's hopeless. And there's even another picture that I will reveal at a later time, but he does it in such a way that it's so appealing to the person that they think that they're living the life. Here it says that he was brought to Jesus because he wouldn't have been able to find his way on his own. He was blind and mute. He was possessed by a demonic presence. He had everything working against him that he could not make the decision himself to go seek the Lord. And so to those people who are dealing with if, uh, loved ones or family members who are addicted to drugs, who are addicted to, uh, addicted to alcohol, who are addicted to whatever lifestyle that is contrary to the word of God, this is not your time to be judgmental towards them. Uh, this is your time to understand that maybe it is you who needs to find a way to bring them to Jesus. It may not be carrying them to a church house. Uh, it may not be where you drag them to the car and take them to the hospital. Sometimes it's just the fact, it doesn't tell us in the text how he was brought. It doesn't tell us in the text who brought him. All it says is he was brought to him. Uh, I want you to know right now, uh, there are ways that we can bring people to Christ. Uh, you can literally bring them with you to church. Uh, you can bring them to your pastor or your spiritual leader. You can bring them to a place of worship. Uh, but another way, Way in which we can bring people to Christ is through the power of prayer. You need to start praying over your people. You need to start praying the word of God over their life. Don't keep saying the negative things about them. Don't keep speaking what they're currently doing. You need to start speaking what you want them to become. You need to start speaking they are healed. You need to start speaking they are delivered. Do not look at their circumstances as they are now and speak those circumstances now because when you do such a thing you're speaking the now into the future i need you to understand that you must speak life over your people you must speak life to the situation and even though you may not realize it right now a way that you must speak life is sometimes to speak death over the things that you no longer want to exist you must tell them that they're are no longer addicted. You cannot see where they are now and make that affirmation because you will see that addiction is now. But when you want to cancel something, I'll give you an example. When I was switching my cable uh, company, I had to first call the current company and cancel my, my subscription. I had to cancel my account. I had to cancel those things before I can invite a new one to come in. I had to call and cancel what was in order to embrace what will be. So when you are looking at your loved ones and their current situation, I don't want you to look at them the way they are now and speak where they are now. I need you to cancel that order. Huh? 
cancel the addiction in prayer, cancel whatever they got going on, uh, cancel the sickness, cancel whatever it is that's contrary to the word of God by calling on Jesus, calling God into their life, calling on the Holy Spirit. And then I want you to speak that they are healed, not they will be, they are healed, they are delivered, they are sober. Yeah, 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 they are because that's why you bring somebody to Christ who you cannot physically bring in the flesh. The text says he was brought to him and Jesus healed him. And then the man spoke and saw. If you've ever witnessed God change somebody, if you ever witnessed Jesus change a person, they have a testimony and they will speak their testimony. They will see things of where they came from, but they will also see where God is taking them. When people are engulfed in a thing that they don't even know how they got there, but they're just there existing, they can't always see too far down the road because they're strategically boxed in by the enemy to only see where they are and, and relive the circumstances that are around them. It is imperative that you understand how to bring someone to Jesus, whether, even if it can't be a physical traveling, to bring them to Jesus in prayer. And how you speak, every word tells us that we will be held accountable for every Thing we say. And I might talk about that next Thursday, this Thursday. Everything that comes out of our mouth, we will be held accountable for. And I don't like it when I hear people speak negative things about people or their children or their family members out of anger. That's why the word says, don't send out of anger. Hush until you are healed. Praise God. And I, I know it's difficult. It's not easy because we are so conditioned to be so free and liberated to say what we want, when we want, how we want. But listen, be careful how you speak over those that you are trying to see in a better place. Don't give up on them. God has, he ain't give up on you. Huh. He ain't give up on you, me, or anyone else. Until the Lord comes and cracks that sky. We have a brief moment of time to get right with God. Reading, reading into uh, verse 23, it says, and all the people were amazed and said, can this be the son of David? Now, don't miss this as I'm wrapping up. Oh, I could spend all day in this text. We talked about how the man was blind and mute and demon possessed and all he could see is his immediate uh, situation. He couldn't see his way to Jesus. He was brought to Jesus. He couldn't go on his own. So we are charged to bring people to Jesus physically or if we can in prayer. 
right? And we're going to do that in how we speak and how we pray and the things that we are going to cancel from their situation and wherever they are now in the spirit, we need to cancel that lease. Uh -huh. We need to evict whatever is there and put them in a new place in Christ, in a, a place that our in our father's house, okay? And so in order to do that, we got to cancel some things so that we can speak where they, where they are, where they're going, where God is taking them to. But we will be the, the communication. We will be the, the means of transportation to get them there spiritually or physically or both. Amen. And so we noticed in the text that after he was brought and he was changed by Jesus, huh? he was healed, but he was changed. And so your loved ones can be changed by Jesus. He, he, they can go from where they are and what you know them to be to become someone completely different. Uh, I am a walking testimony that I am not technically where I would like to see myself, but I know without a shadow of doubt, I'm not who I used to be. Uh -huh. There's some people who knew me from my past uh, who will look at me now and say, mm, she sure have changed. Uh, now, it may not be a physical change. Uh, yeah, I put on some weight, but ultimately, if you saw me then, you would recognize me now. But what they would see change about me is my spirit, uh, uh -huh, my mentality, uh -huh, all the things that are not of the physical essence uh -huh, has changed from Jesus. Uh -huh. My encounter with Jesus has changed me. Uh -huh. It changed the way I think. Uh, it changed the way I walk. Uh, it changed the way I talk. Uh -huh. It changed the way I operate. Uh -huh. It changed the way I interact. Uh -huh. It even changed the way I love. Uh -huh. Yeah, 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 you'll catch that later. Listen, when you are having an encounter with Jesus, it changes you. Yes. My testimony is he changed me. Is that anybody else's testimony? If it is, then you ought to want to see him change your sister, change your brother, change your children, change your loved one. You ought to want to see that change happen for them because he did it for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. In verse 23 says, all the people were amazed. People will look at your change, knowing who you used to be, and wonder how you became who you are. How were you this alcoholic, but now you are a preacher of the gospel? How were you someone who used to sell their body to now you are? in a position in God's kingdom. How you that used to cuss are now a prognosticator, the word of truth. How? Because he changed me and people will be amazed. Yeah, people want people to be amazed at their, their, their materialistic things. Oh, I got this. I got a new house. All the things you could tangibly see and, and witness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Uh, I'm wonderful, wonderful. Glad that you can uh, show the increase that God has blessed you with or, or someone else. Nonetheless, however you were blessed, you consider yourself blessed. Wonderful. But what about the changes on the inside of you that can only be witnessed by your actions? You cannot produce a receipt 
for the change that Jesus caused in you, but the people will be able to see it by your actions. Oh Lord, don't let that pass you by. People were amazed because here was this man that nobody wanted to deal with because of his condition, because of he was being demon oppressed, because he was mute, blind. He was a, a, a scar in society, a blemish in society. Anybody had time for him. But now that after he had a touch with Jesus, they're amazed by him. They, they well, He's a main attraction. Now everybody wants to be in his face. So they want to know how did that happen? Uh-huh. How did you go from being a street walker to a gospel talker? How, how did you go from being broken to being all good and put together? How in the world was you going from being homeless to being a homeowner? How did that happen? Now we're amazed. And here's the catch. And I'm through. They said, can this be the son of David? The amazement of what happened to the demon oppressed man led them to ultimately look at Christ. They saw what happened. They saw the change. They were amazed by the change, but they ultimately knew that it was Jesus that is the reason for the change. They went from ignoring the man, seeing the change, being amazed by the change, and still resorted to looking to Jesus. When you get changed, those who have not met this Jesus I spoke about, those who know of him but don't know him for themselves, when you experience his changing you, know this, people will see it and they will know that it was nothing but God. But in case you encounter someone who thought it was because of your greatness, I need you to redirect them to say it was nothing but God while I'm still here, clothed in my right mind, able to articulate my speech, able to move the activity of my limbs, able to get up and do what I'm doing right now because the old me couldn't have done it. Oh, but Jesus changed me. Hallelujah my savior, hallelujah, my savior, glory be to God, my savior changed me. And then you tell them that he can change you too. That's all I got. That's all I got. The Holy Spirit will have to do the rest. That's all I got. If you don't know this Jesus I talked about, if you don't know him for yourself, if you're still not sure whether or not you been changed, then I need you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I am a sinner. I've done some wrong things by thought, by word, or by deed, by omission or commission. And I'm heartily sorry. I'm asking for forgiveness in the name of Jesus. Help me, guide me through the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. I confess my sins. And I confess that Jesus is your son. 
I believe he was born a man, died a man, and rose to sit at your right hand. I believe he died for my sins. I believe the only way to you, my father, is through Christ Jesus. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal savior. And I declare on this day, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer, if you recited it with me, I believe you are saved when our hearts rejoice. Text me at 252-714-3020 with your name telling me you're saved. I would love to pray with you, talk more with you about your journey of salvation. I am so excited for those who has chosen to be changed by Jesus. May your testimony be, he changed me. In Jesus' name, amen.